You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Screeners. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And that's it. That's all you're going to get for this opening review tonight. We've got actually a jam-packed show. We're going to be talking about Jackie Chan's new film, The Foreigner. We'll also be joined by the rest of the screeners later on in the show, and we're going to talk about David Fincher's new Netflix series, Mindhunter. And in honor of Mindhunter, we'll also be doing a top three favorite Netflix shows of all time. A great show, a big show. We're excited to do it. Unfortunately for us, Daniel and I were the only two that were able to get out and see The Foreigner. I think there was some intentionality behind that, Daniel. I don't know how you're feeling if the guys maybe bailed on us a little bit. We pulled a short straw, I think is what happened. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that for sure. But we uh, we do have a full show. We're excited to talk about it. As always, you can email us, screenerscast at gmail.com, and make sure to follow us on all of our social channels. On Facebook, look for The Screeners Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at ScreenersCast. And with that, we'll move to our main event review of The Farner. Welcome to the main event. An explosion rocks the city today. 20,000 pounds for the names of the bombers. That's not how we do things here. Hello? Mr. Hennessy, he's here again. That's five days in a row now. What does he want? His daughter was killed in the bombing. Mr. Hennessy, please find out the names of the bombers. I work for the government, not terrorists. You used to work for them. I don't know who the bombers are. I don't believe in you. The IMDb description for The Foreigner is as follows. A humble businessman... Businessman? Who says that? <laughs> Leave that in. That's the heck is podcast. wrong with me? Okay. A humble <laughs> businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism. A cat-and-mouse conflict ensues with a government official whose past may hold clues to the killer's identities. It's no secret that Martin Campbell has had... What many would call an up-and-down career as far as his filmography. Sure. He has some absolutely stellar movies. In particular, I think he's most well-known for Casino Royale, which a lot of people hold as one of the best Bond films, period. Absolutely. I I do have to also say he did direct the 2011 Ryan Gosling-led Green Lantern as well. (laughs) So, I mean, you can't win them all. But but suffice to say, with a filmmaker of this caliber, anytime they take on genre material like this, and especially with an international star like Jackie Chan, interest is sure to be pretty high. I've always been a big fan of Jackie Chan. I love his comedic work. His stunt work is phenomenal. He's 63 years old at this point, and this movie has been marketed as a more serious approach to Jackie Chan. It still seems to at least from the trailers, show a lot of action. Chat, but Chat, can can we just t- call it what it is? This has been marketed as Jackie Chan's Taken, okay? <laughs> okay. That's exactly That's what fair. it is. That's fair, but here's the thing, Daniel. I'm in for that. Jackie, Ta- Jackie Chan's Taken? I loved Taken, <laughs> and I love Jackie Chan. So I guess the question I want to ask you tonight as we get into this is, was this, in fact, worthy to be called Jackie Chan's Taken. Uh, now, I don't know how you felt about the original Taken. I loved it, and I know a lot it's of good. people did as well. It was a, a big hit. 
is this Jackie Chan's new entryway into the more serious action genre? And what did you think about Martin Campbell's effort with The Foreigner? Uh, no, it is not Jackie Chan's <laughs> entry into more dramatic action. Okay, let me just make that clear up front. There's a line in the movie where Pierce Brosnan says something along the lines of, this is one man against all our guys. Why is it so bleeping hard? And that's just what I kept thinking to myself the whole freaking movie. It, why Why was it so hard, or should I say, why was it so easy for Jackie Chan to just do whatever the heck he wanted against this like armed militia? And I know that's a, a trope with a genre. Don't get me wrong. I, I've seen action movies before. I get it, okay? But it just seemed so much more ridiculous in this movie, uh, largely because... For, for for the majority of the film, there were no motivations or reasoning given to Jackie Chan's character. I We had no idea who this guy is. All we know is that his daughter died and he's pissed. And that's it. That's all we know. Um, we don't know why is he so good at fighting. Why is does he think annoying the government will help in any freaking way? Because it was just really annoying. He's trying to annoy the government, and he annoyed me as well. So it just didn't make any sense. This movie just gives gives no motivation or reasoning. All it, it was it was honestly unintentionally funny quite often uh, because Jackie Chan's character was just. All we know about him is that his daughter died and that he works in a Chinese restaurant. That's it. But we see him just badgering Pierce Brosnan's character. Tell me who killed my daughter. Tell me who killed my daughter. It, 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 it's annoying. It's not threatening like Liam Neeson in Taken. You're scared of Liam Neeson in Taken, his character. Now, I'm scared of Jackie Chan in real life. He could, he could kill me. Let's just make that abundantly clear. But in this movie... He's not uh, inherently frightening uh, or threatening like Liam Neeson is in Taken. He's just he's just a, a, an old man who works in a Chinese restaurant. So it's just annoying. So that was that was that was my problem for this movie is that it was unintentionally funny a lot, but the movie's so serious, so serious that uh, you can tell it's not intended to be funny. The plot of the movie is just dumb. Uh, I don't like any of the characters, uh, including Jackie Chan's character. Not not to say that he gives a bad performance. Uh, I think Jackie Chan does fine in this movie. Not incredible, but he's he's fine. He's not inherently bad in any way in this movie. It's just, for some reason, I don't take him maybe as seriously as the film wanted me to take him. Because Jackie Chan's great at comedy. Um, and so he, this just... You know, I, I had a hard time taking him very seriously, uh, but that's through no fault of his own. It was the the dumb plot. Um, there's a few good action sequences here, not a lot. This movie actually doesn't have a ton of action sequences, and they're they're decent. There's one in an apartment with Jackie Chan that is excellent. That was really. I thought cool. that was great. Yeah, I thought it, that was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so that's definitely a high point of the movie. There's there's a few cool moments in a forest. The the, the scene is just ridiculous and just so dumb jackie chan's moving around the forest like he's a freaking apparition going from place to place and we have no idea how he could get there so fast it's it's utterly ridiculous but it gives some cool moments with some camouflage stuff um so it's interesting but overall uh i don't know if you could tell i didn't like this movie at all it's wow. it's 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 not offensive it's it's not 
it's not the worst movie I've seen of this year at all. Uh, you know, it's just it's just silly and and dumber than I thought it would be. I thought it might have a, a few more redeeming moments, and it really didn't. It was just dumb. But it's it's not like I said, it's not offensive. You won't be pissed that you spent your money on, on to go see this movie. But it's just it's just not worth it in my opinion. Wow. Okay, that is. Daniel's negative tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, for me, I am going to, with any of these kinds of movies, the Taken franchise, uh, the action genre, the revenge action genre, whatever you want to call it, there has to be, in order for you to get on board with whatever it is that they're trying to sell you as, as, a, as a film, there is an element of suspension of disbelief where you have to... You have to somewhat give yourself over to the idea that the premise in and of itself is preposterous. And then I would never devalue your criticism, Daniel, because how it hit for you is how it hit for you. But a lot of what it seems like to me, and this is just my perception of what you just said, because we don't talk about these before the show. We, we find out our feelings live on the show. But a lot of what your complaints seem to be were based around the practicality and the reality and the execution and the absurdity that is often in this movie. And I can't disagree with that one bit. There are certainly things in here that are patently absurd, that would never happen. And at the same time, I allowed myself to forgive that somewhat because of the way that Jackie Chan portrayed this character and to be honest with you the way that Martin Campbell directed it. This is a strange movie to me because it at at the same time it feels taut and very tight while being a hot mess. Does that make <laughs> sense? So so the cinematography in this movie I think is outstanding. I, agree. I think the I think the action direction when there is action is outstanding. I think the look and the feel of the movie is outstanding. I think some of the performances are good. I think Jackie Chan as a serious performer because he's still limited uh, when he's speaking primarily in English. He still has a heavy accent and and struggles a little bit, but he has that look of pathos that really works. I mean, the opening segments, and this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, but the opening segments that immediately follow his daughter's death, I found myself somewhat moved by them, just by the close-ups on his face and the tears and the desperation of a father who just wants answers. And so I enjoyed this movie on the level of allowing it to be what it wanted to be without judging it too harshly. Now, sometimes that doesn't work. There are plenty of examples, Taken 2, for example, where it just gets so ludicrous that you just can't even enjoy it. This movie never approached that for me. My bigger issue with this movie is that it is mismarketed. It is marketed as Jackie Chan's Taken, but what this movie really is is about 65 to 70% of Pierce Brosnan's movie and the IRA's internal strife and struggle within uh, this. So it's, it's a political intrigue film masked as an action revenge thriller. Jackie Chan's really not in this movie a lot. There are long stretches where... He's hidden in the forest. And for me, I think this movie would have been more successful had it focused on Jackie Chan's arc. Because I agree with you, Daniel. It's ludicrous right at the very beginning. I want names. I need names. And that's <laughs> he's just an annoying guy that keeps asking for names. And to be fair to Pierce Brosnan's character, 
as far as what the audience knows, it seems to us like he doesn't know and there's no way he would even know these names. And so Jackie Chan is blowing up people's cars and attacking people and threatening them when in fact... Pierce Brosnan does not have the information that he wants, so you kind of feel conflicted because on the one hand, you feel sorry for this guy, but on the other hand, he's a complete jackhole because this guy <laughs> literally doesn't have the information, so you can kill him. He doesn't have it. Uh, but but it's, it's, a tonal, it's tonally consistent, but it's thematically dissonant. So it's, it literally bounces from revenge thriller, actioneer, short burst, into long political convoluted plot twists around this other thing that I don't want to get too deeply into without spoiling. So this is kind of a mixed bag for me. I can't say that I would recommend this to anybody. I can't say that the action is not visceral enough. It's not thrilling enough to say that just on a pure action basis, it's worth it. And the political intrigue is convoluted and not good enough that I would recommend it for that either. So it's one of those things where I appreciated the craft involved with the with the making of the movie. I do believe that Jackie Chan has the chops to do something more serious, even in the action genre, if we had a different script and a different story. And I and also say this too, I, I, I read that he, at 63 years old, was still doing the majority of his own stunts. And that's insane. That yeah. is insane. This guy... There is he is a treasure. He is a worldwide treasure. And I hope that he, if this is the direction that he goes, I hope that he can just marry himself to a better script so he's not just stuck doing higher end B level stuff. I didn't hate it as much as you do just based on the way that the film looked, the way it was uh, edited and the performances in general, I think, are enough that I uh, that I didn't allow myself to give over into the ludicrous uh, nature of the plot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I definitely, I totally agree with you. This was this was mismarketed. It's very political, and I think that was the issue for me, is that I just didn't care at all about the political aspect of the film. You know, as silly as it is, I, I was waiting for these action scenes. I was waiting for something more interesting with Jackie Chan's character because that's it, the the movie feels like that's why we're there. We're there for Jackie Chan's character, not, and that's Agreed. not just because of the marketing. But, but in reality, that's not why we're watching this movie. We're watching it to hear explanations of the IRA and you know motivations for you know domestic terrorism, things like that. And so it just it didn't it didn't fit. It felt like two different movies. That's why I wasn't. That's why I didn't like this movie. Uh, it would have been better if they had two separate movies: the political thriller that deals with the IRA and domestic terrorism, or Jackie Chan's Taken and where we just focus on his mission either one of those could have been a better movie but now this together it's just kind of a mishmash just kind of a mess and like I said it's really not like tragically horrible it's just it's just not I didn't enjoy it it's just it's just yeah not for me Agreed, and it's and it has this weird side plot with uh, the wife, yeah, Pierce Brosnan's wife, heck? and a wife and nephew, and there's this whole kind of, uh, without giving away too much, there's just this weird triangle thing that's happening there. Uh, it's just very, very strange, and it doesn't fit within the movie that we were sold. You know, most of the time I can get over the fact when I when a movie cuz I understand marketing, uh, you know, you do too Daniel, we both have worked in some degree in the in the field of marketing. But 
And when it's so blatantly two different kinds of things slammed together in such a way that it's not cohesive, you, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So this movie really doesn't warrant us getting into spoilers. So, Daniel, let me just come to you and say, is this a movie that people should screen in the theaters? Should they rent it? Should they stream it or skip it? Well, let me let me first mention before before I give my answer to that, uh, Jackie Chan got an honorary Oscar last year, and that is just incredible. So deserved. I, I feel I feel bad giving a Jackie Chan movie such a negative review because I love Jackie Chan so much. He's a he's like you said, he's a worldwide treasure. He's amazing. He so is. I just wanted to give give some praise to Jackie Chan. It's uh, too late. Jackie Chan's movie. feelings are already hurt. He don't his feelings don't tell hurt. Jackie. Don't tell Jackie. Okay, so should they see it in the theater? No, uh, I definitely think this would be a waste of your time. Should you rent it? I, I don't think you should pay money for it. Hey, you know, our, our new categories are paying off. I think if this is on Netflix, uh, it's fine to watch. There's better things to watch, but, you know, it's okay if you're not paying for it to just throw it on and and watch Jackie Chan do his thing, I guess. Um, you could do worse. So I'll say I'll say tentatively stream it for free stream it okay well i'm going to even though i like the movie more than you daniel i'm going to downgrade that recommendation and i'm going to say i think you should skip this movie i like this movie because i oftentimes find myself liking things based around the way that the movie is put together because i work in that industry but as a movie i don't think this works i think that it is not worthy of I mean, I hate to be that guy. I just don't really think it's worth seeing. I don't think it's that good. Uh, and I think that people that are expecting Taken from Jackie Chan will be sorely disappointed. And if, like me, you go in having, uh, if you go in knowing very little, it, it'll just be a convoluted mess that you won't enjoy. So I'm going to say you should skip it. All right. Sorry about that, but maybe we'll have better news in the second part of our main event as we talk about the new Netflix original series helmed by David Fincher, Mindhunter. It is not our job to commiserate with these people. It is our job to electrocute them. We can't like everything we do. We're talking to serial killers. Serial killers. New terminology. I'm trying to warn you. Your attitude is going to bite you in the ass. So young to be ruining people's lives. What did you do? You're developing a pattern of behavior that will not sustain you here. Agent Ford, if you leave, I can't help you. There's no procedural rule book for how to talk to these people. If any of this is going to work, we need to talk to more subjects. More! You want truffles? You gotta get in the dirt with the pigs. Mindhunter is a brand new series from Netflix. The IMDb description is as follows. In the late 1970s, two FBI agents expand criminal science by delving into the psychology of murder and getting uneasily close to all too real monsters. Mindhunter is uh, created by David Fincher. He directs several of the episodes in the season, uh, and it is uh, an interesting show that we thought we would talk about tonight. So uh, I'm very excited to hear what you guys thought about the series. Obviously, there are so many different uh, series and movies that all deal with the FBI and the, uh, the, the criminally insane. And so this is an, yet another view at that, but taking it back several years and the origin of it. So I'm excited to hear what you guys thought about it. So let's start with Josh. How many episodes did you watch of Mindhunter and what did you think? Um, I have seen two. Mindhunter is, I didn't really know entirely what to expect going into it. I will start off by saying I liked it. And I think uh, my wife and I are both 
going to finish out the season i think we'll continue watching it all right um yeah when we first decided we were going to watch this show i i had i immediately formed an opinion in my head this was either going to be another hannibal not that hannibal's a bad show it's just not not mm. really my style of show yeah. it's going to be either hannibal or house with serial killers that kind of a crime drama formula you start out with a gruesome crime and they're going to solve it using the power of the mind and psychology it is not that show it's uh it's the spiritual precursor to shows like that it's uh how this discipline started in the fbi and in that sense it's really interesting because it's uh, a again only having seen two episodes of it so far it's people fighting upstream and an uphill battle to get um to get the behavioral sciences division of the fbi going and to get profilers any sort of respect at all in a world in which crime has been looked at very differently uh psychology is is not respected at all and so this guy has to go back to a college campus in order to bring academics to the fbi and he's kind of mocked and fought all along the way um as he's doing that and so i've found the show very interesting so far it's it's got very little of the crime drama formula that i wasn't really looking forward to and it's got a lot more just a lot more good dialogue good writing and it's based on a true story so yeah it's good stuff cool okay good so uh josh apparently enjoyed it and is going to continue to watch it which after watching two episodes that's a good indication that uh at least the quality level and the storytelling level is something you're looking forward to season uh, to seeing more episodes on so yeah i I don't end up finishing a whole lot i haven't i didn't keep going on orange is the new black um yeah if that's any indication yeah i I haven't actually seen that either um oh i watched like the first three episodes i think but it didn't really get its hooks into me Um, yeah same here okay daniel what did you think of mind hunter yeah, I have seen, I believe, eight episodes. I, I really wanted to finish it before before we recorded, but I just wasn't able to quite do it. So I've seen the majority, though, out of the ten episodes. And I'm a huge David Fincher fan. Uh, he's I haven't made an exact list, but he's definitely probably top three uh, favorite directors of all time. I just love almost all of his movies. So I was super, super excited for this show. Uh, and it also looks very similar to Zodiac, which I really, really love as well, his his 2007 movie. Yeah. So I, I think that's a masterpiece, and so I was very excited for this. For me, I really like it a lot. It's it's not one of my favorite Netflix series, but I'm definitely into it. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm definitely going to finish the series, no doubt, or the, the season, no doubt, and I'm already looking forward to the next season. I really, really enjoy it. The pacing is very slow, and there's not a lot of action, so I think a lot of the stuff Josh said I agree with quite a bit. It There's a version of this show that has a lot more action where they're, you know, catching some crazy serial killer, chasing him down, lots of fighting, and it's more traditional. And this is not that. I appreciate that because it's a lot more unique. And it's it's true to what it wants to be. Uh, this, like I said, there's a version of this show where they're getting into the mind of serial killers and using that info to go on crazy chases. But no, it, this is about the science. This is about focusing just on getting inside their minds. And yes, they're, they're coming across cases as they go but it's not a 
about that. That is not the forefront of this series. The forefront is just the science and the psychology. And I find that really interesting and really refreshing because I've not seen a show like this. Is This is a cop show or you know FBI show like I've not seen before. I can see how it could turn some people off because it's definitely very slow. There's no doubt about it. But I really enjoy it so far. Uh, I probably would like it with more action. I still, even though I appreciate what it's doing, I think they're going to get there. I think things are going to start happening here where they maybe, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but but hopefully they, they get more into cases. So that'll be really interesting. There are definitely some incredibly gruesome and disturbing scenes, quite a few disturbing scenes in this show. Uh, so be, be forewarned, but it's really engrossing. Um, I mean, there, there was one guy that he was heavily featured in the trailers, Ed, this big gigantic killer. And the scenes with him are disturbing. Yes, but highly intriguing. Um, just the way that character is portrayed and the way they're digging inside his mind is really, really interesting. So, all in all, I could I could talk a little bit more about it, but I'll, I'll I'll refrain. The show is great; it excels at what it's doing. It's different, and so uh, I really like it a lot. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next season and finishing the season that I'm on now. Cool. Okay, great. Chad, how about you? What did you think of Mindhunter? I am a big fan of David Fincher, just like I think a lot of us are. What I love about, or what I love loved about this right from the very beginning, is the look the way that he composes his frame. I love the time period, uh, the set design, the production design, everything is really top-notch. I also love the fact that this series goes in places that you don't expect it to go, sometimes with great success and sometimes with not as much. And let me say, I've seen all 10 episodes. I watched the entire season. Wow. And it is, uh, it's, it's extremely bingeable. I mean, some episodes are only 35 minutes long. Most of them are around 45 to 50 minutes long. It is impeccably made. I agree with Daniel that uh, Edmund Kemper, uh, who's played by Cameron Britton, every time his character is on screen, it's captivating. It's not so much a, a whodunit as a why done it. It's very much interested in how this science and how the psychology of I mean even even to the point that they're talking they don't even have a term yet for serial killers yeah it really is very interesting to see that avenue into this world explored and because you guys haven't seen I don't know how many you've seen Chris and because Josh has only seen two I'm, I'm having to be very very careful because this this show for me goes from good to great as it gets deeper and deeper into the into the series, specifically because of the way, and I'm going to keep this as generic as I can, specifically because of the arc of one of the characters and the way that he develops and at the same time begins to make you question motivations is really very, very well done. And I'll just have to leave it at that. I don't want to frustrate our listeners, but that's about as far as I can take that without messing it up for you guys that haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think there are some magnificent performances uh, in this across the board. You've got Jonathan Groff and Holt McCallany, who plays Bill Tench. And I love that guy's character. He's your grizzled veteran, and but he's also straddling the line between this new science and good old-fashioned detective work. 
and it just really works very well. There are new characters that are introduced later on, some female characters, Anna Tor, who plays uh, Dr. Wendy Carr. Her performance is excellent as well. Overall, the, the main thing about this show is if you go into it expecting a monster of the week, or honestly, as... As, as polarizing as a show like True Detective was, it even still had a pretty clear through line. You maybe didn't always understand everything that was happening, but there was a narrative momentum that drove toward a very specific thing that happened at the end of that show. This show doesn't have that. This show is going to bounce around a lot. There are going to be multiple cases. There are going to be multiple ways that the science is being developed. And this is a story that is about these characters and their discovery and creation of this new way to predict this behavior in criminals and criminality in general. And so if you're interested in that, then I think you're going to really love this show. If you're looking for something more traditional, this is not a show for you. So I would just say, uh, overall, it's impossible not to respect and appreciate the level of, of craftsmanship that's involved in the making of the series. But I can, I can very clearly see that some people will not like this at all. Whereas me, I'm pretty positive on it, probably like a 7.5 out of 10. So really, really good, and I'm very interested to see where it goes down the road. Yeah, great. Okay, well, at least it seems like all of us are pretty positive on this because I'm in the same boat as you guys. I've seen five episodes, and episode five, there's something that happens that's fairly major, I feel like. I'm excited to see what the next episode brings. So it's definitely got its hooks in me. I'm ready to rock and roll. I love this subject matter anyway. I'm a huge fan, obviously, as we said, of, of Hannibal. So the criminal mind is something I enjoy delving into. I don't know, maybe I'm a sociopath in some level. Um, but, I think uh, certainly. Yeah, totally. But I really I enjoy this subject matter. Silence of the Lambs, you know, even stuff like uh, the X-Files and all that kind of stuff. The, the FBI and uh, them learning. And this being so entrenched in historical stuff, I'm—, I'm trying not to go on my phone and actually look up these cases that they're working on i just i don't i don't want to know for sure uh that you know what what happens and and how how much this is based in reality until i'm finished with the uh with the episode uh with the series so i'm excited to go back and, and do that and like you said uh chad these performances are absolutely incredible. Um, the the big dude, I can't remember what his name is. You mentioned him, that they are uh, interviewing. Cameron, Br- Cameron Britton is the actor, and yes. Edmund Kemper is his character. I mean, on every level, you, you like the guy. You feel like he's, you know, a, a, but as he's describing what he's done, it's just horrendous, horrendous stuff. Uh, it really is. It's, 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 an, it's an incredible kind of juxtaposition to go from, something you would expect something you don't expect him talking about normal stuff and then describing how he 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 murders people is just it's it's kind of mind-blowing and you get to experience all this with these people because in in all actuality this is the first time that they've done this so you're seeing these two fbi agents learning along with you about how best to interview and talk to these deranged serial killers and and like you said we don't even have a name for it yet they they haven't even uh put that into a genre uh and so that's that's a pretty pretty crazy pretty crazy thing uh and i i really i really like the series a lot it looks fantastic um and i think i think they've got a, a really good unique show here and if you're down for that kind of 
depravity and getting into uh, the human psyche, uh, the the worst of the human psyche. I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the show, and I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So I haven't seen the last five episodes, but I've seen the first five, and so far I'm really down for it. I, I think uh, it's something that a lot of folks, if you're interested in that kind of subject matter, I think you'll enjoy. I really do. I think it's it is worth. It's compelling. There's also these. It was really weird. For those of you who haven't maybe watched it yet, the second episode and the third episode, at the very beginning of these episodes, there's like this scene that seems completely out of context. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought maybe I'd missed something. But as you continue to watch the series, you realize this this is meaning something else. And and I I'm, I'm cannot wait to, I'm hoping that those beginning vignettes pay off because obviously they are it's something it's leading to something and and I'm, I'm very interested to see what that is so there it is is there anything else we guys want to add i don't know if we, we don't need to get into spoilers because some of us <laughs> definitely you know, we, not yeah we haven't seen anything so i think let's um let's do a since it's only available to stream i think we've all said it but should people watch this show uh so let's start off with josh should people stream this on netflix absolutely it's one of uh netflix's better shows i think at least this season cool okay all right uh so daniel how about you man where are you at absolutely the only caveat i have is like i said it's it's dark uh they're they're discussing in in horrific detail the minds of these serial killers and rapists and so it's i mean it's freaking dark so if you can't handle anything dark this is this is more dark than what you think you can handle so definitely don't watch it but it's a fantastic fantastic show all right chad yeah you definitely should see it this is fantastic it, it is interesting uh chris before you give your final recommendations david fincher was interviewed specifically about working in uh with netflix outside of the studio system and uh and i'm quoting here because i thought this was interesting he said uh, I see Netflix as people who are bold enough and interested enough to build a playground between film and television, and that playground can be a safe haven for adult drama, which has been squeezed out of the multiplex. Mm. And then he says, many people at studios are still fighting the good fight and they're friends of mine, but if you want to make a studio movie, you have to stay in their lane, which is essentially romantic comedy, affliction Oscar bait, spandex summer, superhero tentpole, or moderately budgeted sequel. He went on to say, even the movie Gone Girl took a hard fight to get financed at $60 million, even though it went on to make $370 million. And he says, I'm 55 years old. I want to be directing stuff that's interesting, not auditioning for it. And he went on to say that he he is actually preferring the model that Netflix does. And I know that we, or me, I should say specifically, we give Netflix a hard time because of the terrible way that they market their features. But when it comes to original television, quote unquote, content, I think they're doing it the right way because there is a there, there's nothing like this out there. You're not going to see this in the cinema. You're not going to see this on broadcast or even cable television. Honestly, I mean, HBO may be the closest one that would give us something close to this. If you are interested in adult drama that is has a lot on its mind, then absolutely watch this show. A lot on its mind, and it's about the mind. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I. That's awesome. What a great, uh, great uh, information there to hear from David Venture. Because obviously, he also was the showrunner, or at least helped start House of Cards. Correct? On yeah. correct, Netflix. correct. Yeah. Yep. So you know, he's definitely got an affinity towards uh, this platform, and I think it's the perfect place for it. I really do. You should definitely stream this if you're interested at all in the 
historical context of the behavioral analysis unit at the FBI or how they began to include the psychology and the psyche of serial killers, if you're okay with that particular set of information to talk about that kind of gruesome crime and all that stuff and actually hear from these kinds of people, you're going to find this fascinating. You really will. It is it is a, a captivating series. It looks amazing. Fantastic performances. Um, and I, I really do think, uh, I'm hoping anyway, that it ends well and uh, we get a, a, a season two that's even more, I don't know, we'll see, even more in scope and scale um, and does some more, like you said, action stuff, uh, because I think there's a lot here that is, that is uh, possible. So I love it. It's good times. All right, so let's go ahead and move into this week's top three. Three, two, one. The top three. So this week, in honor of our review of Mindhunter, we are talking about our top three Netflix shows, our favorite Netflix shows of all time. As usual, you can chime in on social media. We've got plenty of responses that we'll get to after we uh, tell you our own lists. Uh, But I'm super excited for this one because for me personally, I think Netflix is the best TV platform out there right now. Has some of the best shows on TV at the moment. So I'm really excited to talk about our favorites. As always, there are no rules, but it'd be pretty dang difficult to break the rules on this one to, to have a different definition of what a Netflix show is. Watch uh, can find a way. Watch yeah, he can find a way. Watch me. Oh, boy. So, anyway, we will dive right in. Why don't we start with the man himself, Chris? Tell oh, us no. your number three favorite Netflix show of all time. So, you know, I struggled with this list because what I really want to do is use this to highlight shows that people haven't seen because there are there are shows that everyone is is talking about and discussing, and then there are other things that maybe folks didn't really know existed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk, talk about my top three as the shows that I actually really do enjoy that most people have probably heard of. But then when we get to our honorable mentions, I'm going to mention some things that perhaps people have not heard of because I really think it's important that people know what's out there and know what all is available and that Netflix is doing some really cool interesting things that you might not even know about my number three is making a murderer this show i guess it's been almost two years ago now um right i guess yeah. it ha- yeah. yeah that's crazy to think about but this show blew my mind it kind of came on the heels of a great podcast called serial and a lot of people had this true crime just craze uh, everywhere you went they wanted this is kind of a thing and uh, HBO did a series. The, the serial podcast was very popular. But Making a Murderer was the, the visual component, the storytelling component of it, the real world action that was happening in and around it. It's just an incredible story uh, we got to talk about here on the podcast. And so I really enjoyed Making a Murderer a lot. I think it's, it is one of the best documentary, documentary series I've ever seen. It is so compelling. So for me, number three is Making a Murderer. All right. Solid pick. That was a huge, huge hit when it came out. Uh, great pick. All right. Chad, what is your number three Netflix show? Well, before I give get to my number three, I do have to say that I do have one show 
that is on my list of Netflix shame. I actually have more than one, but this one I have a feeling that when I see it is going to very quickly get to the top of my list, and that's Master of None. Right. So I haven't I haven't seen one second of Master of None. So I will see that, but it, I have not yet. Um, and I also, in order to bring some sort of clarity to this, instead of just picking a general show, I picked seasons of shows because there are some shows that start strong and then don't go as strongly and vice versa. So for me, my number three favorite show is season one of the new, relatively new show, Glow. In this world, there are good guys and there are bad guys. And I will not be bullied into submission. You are reading the man's part. Oh, God. Would you like to start over? Yes, I would. I will not be bullied into submission. Sorry to interrupt, your wife is online too? I'm interested in real parts. Got $83 in my bank account, and I don't know if I can pay my gas bill. There's an audition. They're looking for unconventional women, whatever that means. Hello, ladies. I'm Sam Sylvia, and this is Glow. Sorry, what's Glow? Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And that is a, a show that's based loosely based on a real thing that happened with a women's wrestling organization that, that sprung up back in the heyday of when wrestling was popular. And it's a dramedy. Uh, it's very, very funny, but also very moving. And it's got some great performances. And I would really highly recommend that most people have not given this one, or a lot of people, I should say, that I know haven't uh, given this one a shot. And I think they will love it. So uh, Glow it is. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people. I have not given that a chance yet. But I, I've heard nothing but good things from everybody who's watched it. Yeah, it's really good. Awesome. All right, Josh, have you seen three Netflix shows? Oh, Daniel, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> With all that time I have spent not going to the theater, don't you think I've been watching some Netflix? Uh, no. Fair enough. You're right. I probably no. haven't, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Chris has the Chris has the right idea. No, I have, but I ha I'm having a hard time like actually putting a number on a lot of these. I I went to make sure I was uh to make sure I was getting all the shows that I could possibly be considering for this top three. I went to Wikipedia. Have you been to the Wikipedia page of Netflix shows? It it's is crazy. a mile There's long. Hundreds. Yes. It's ridiculous. It really is. So I actually, for once, I have honorable mentions and mm -hmm. I might have like some ties up in the top three even. Who knows? Number three is probably going to have to be um a tie between the crown which is a a good drama about the early years of queen elizabeth's reign um very well done and it has doctor who in it so i mean there's that <laughs> and making a murder chris you're is right about that one i had actually <laughs> i'm kind of revising my list in real time because i had i missed that scanning down the uh the mm. list of shows and that that deserves a spot so i'll do that yeah. cool awesome yeah great picks the crown is really really good I, i'm excited for the next season of that uh so for my number three it was very difficult to pick so for my number three um i'm going with judd apatow's love which i believe has had two seasons on netflix 
that is a great show. Really good, kind of romantic comedy, uh, but it's it's really funny and really honest, and I really, really enjoyed that show. I, know, I remember Josh had talked about that show on the podcast before. Uh, that almost made my list, actually, yeah. It's great. I'm so excited for the next season. I don't remember when it's coming out, but I'm excited for it. So that's my number three. All right, it's a good show. It's awkward comedy at its at its most awkward. True, it's, yes, it's good. The Very first true. episode is just it's, it's hard to watch. <laughs> no, 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 it's funny. Yeah, it is. It's hilarious. Oh, I mean, hard to watch in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> of All right. course. So uh, we will go back to Chris. What is your number two favorite Netflix show? Man, I got to tell you, yeah. So um, maybe I'm doing things backwards from you, but right now I'm doing, like I said, what I think are my favorites. So number two for me is Marvel's Daredevil. This show was absolutely incredible. Specifically, the hallway fight. Uh, I think that was in episode two, I believe, of Daredevil, or at least it was early on in the series. And man, I'll tell you what, being able to see the the Marvel Cinematic Universe presented in a more adult, mature way uh, with kind of street-level superheroes really just blew my mind, and I had a great time with that first season. I don't think anything's come close since then. Uh, I think they set the bar a little too high for themselves on that first season. Uh, season two was not bad either, but Daredevil is is really good. I'm 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 really enjoying that show. I've had a hard time with all the other Marvel stuff, but Daredevil I think is is firing on all cylinders, both the acting and cinematography and storytelling, all that stuff. I really enjoy Daredevil, and I don't think that kind of stuff, just like David Fincher was talking about, could exist anywhere else other than a, a service like Netflix. So that's my number two. That's that's a great pick. All right, we'll go to Chad. Chad, what is your number two Netflix show? So very much like Chris, I did the method of, even though I'm sure a lot of people have all of these in their top threes as well, of what my actual favorites were, even though I have some honorable mentions that are probably a little lesser known. But my number two is season two, specifically of House of Cards. I think that's one of my favorite seasons of television, I mean, maybe that I've ever watched. And spoilers for the end of that season if they're, if you're one of the last people that haven't seen it. But when the when that season ends where he wraps his ring uh-huh. on the desk of the Oval Office. So good. Uh, I still contend that that is where the series should have ended. That's the end of that series, period. Everything that happens from... And there's been some good moments after that. Don't get me wrong. But that's why I specifically singled out that season because I feel like narratively everything that's happened since that the ending of that season has been a step down and certainly the last two seasons haven't been as good but that season was magic and so uh it was it was an easy pick for me season two house of cards great pick i still i like the later seasons of house of cards a little bit better than you do i think i still love that show but uh i agree season two was fantastic great choice all right josh what is your number two favorite netflix show well i might be jumping the gun just a little bit on this um but I think I might be ready to name Mindhunter my number two. Wow! Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be that or the first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, but, those, those yeah. two are on like polar opposites. They are different shows. <laughs> they are very different shows. I'm an eclectic kind of person, Chris. I have it's all good, man. We all know that. Tastes. We realize, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. 
Okay, two very good picks. Uh, I guess I guess you can't say season one of Mindhunter, just the first two episodes of Mindhunter. <laughs> the first two right. episodes of Mindhunter <laughs> are fantastic. Wonderful. I can't disagree with that. Uh, all right, so for my number two pick, uh, I am going with... It, this is a documentary series that focuses on a different artist each episode and kind of follows them uh, with their creative process. It's, it's Abstract, the Art of Design. Yes. That show is incredible for me world class Um, it's inspiring it's artistic it's um challenging uh it's it's illuminating it's a wonderful show i I loved the first season so much i I re-watched many of the episodes because it's just so well made and intriguing i can't recommend it highly enough i really really hope they do a second season of that because i think there's so many uh great types of artists that they could highlight if even if it's just season one i mean that's a perfect season it is incredible and you definitely need to watch it especially if you're any kind of artist in in any way shape or form or even if you just are creative a, cr- a creator of yeah. any kind yes yeah. so it's it's fantastic yeah, I'm going to piggyback on you real quick because this is one of the ones that I was going to highlight and mention because I think not a whole lot of people have heard of this, yeah. even though they have Netflix. There's there there are two episodes in particular that I absolutely love. The first one's the Nike. That's the one that I jumped Shoe on. Design. Yeah. yeah, the guy who designed uh, all of the Air Jordans. Yeah. Um, his that that story is unbelievable and it gave me a respect because there's so many objects in our world that we just kind of take for granted and don't think about there's a guy who spent years of his of his life focused on every detail of this thing and and it for me you just slip them on in the morning and you run you go and you don't really think about all the stuff that went into that and then also um i think it's uh, a guy who works for ford is that right one of the car dealers i I can't remember which one it is um it might not be ford anyway that is fantastic too to see his process um and follow him around so yeah just like you said daniel if you are an artist or you consider yourself to be someone who enjoys art this is it's beautifully shot yeah. uh, especially if you have a 4k television like this that's the reason why i turned it on is because i was looking for 4k t- content and i was like i'm gonna try this show because it 4k hdr click on that thing and i was just like oh man this is this is unlike anything. It's really good. Very yeah. good. Highly yeah, my favorite two episodes are the uh, the illustrator. The, I think it's episode one. Yes. Uh, yeah. The artist episode. And then the graphic design episode was just brilliant. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, the architect definitely. is awesome too, though. Yeah. That, all the episodes are awesome. Yeah, they're all they're great. really good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, they are great. Yeah. All right. Uh, so back to you, Chris. What is your favorite Netflix show of all time? Look, this is this is the one that uh, everyone, everyone that I know is excited about right now because the season two comes out in like less than a week or less than ten days, I guess I should say, and that is Stranger Things. This is Hawkins. I know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. It was when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. 99 out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! Um, I watched that with my wife, and I I adored that show. I know I don't think... Chad, you weren't a huge fan of Stranger Things, were you? Nope. I yeah. like it. I like it, don't love it, but I like it. 
I love it. Uh, I I just I fell in love with the whole deal. Uh, it feels very much uh, uh, Stephen King, um, Spielberg, just love child, and it just is. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. So I can't see what they. I can't wait to see what they do with season two. But for me, Stranger Things season one so far, it was it was wonderful. It really was. And on a side note, the Stranger Things iPhone game. I've been playing that recently, and it's fantastic. Uh, it has nothing to do with the show, but it's it's a really great game. On on another side note, I found myself in a little town outside of Salt Lake City. It's about an hour and a half into the mountains about two weeks ago, a uh, little resort area. I was there for work, but I walked into the lobby. It's a really nice place. It's the middle of the day, and I walk into the lobby, and there's a massive sheet with numbers and letters painted uh, in hand-drawn deal with (laughs) with Christmas lights wrapped around it. And I freaked out because nobody in that place got it. I walked in, I was like, that's that's freaking Stranger Things. So I checked, when I was checking in, I said, why is there a Stranger Things thing on the wall? And the the girl that was checking me in said, what are you talking about? She didn't even know what it was. I don't know why it was there. I'm guessing it's because Halloween was a month away. But that (laughs) actually happened, people. That happened, and nobody could tell me why. So I don't know. That's horrifying. That is. Wow. Okay. I thought it was pretty cool, but whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. All right. To you, Josh, what is your favorite Netflix show of all time? Um, I'm going to be pretty boring here, but I'm going to have to say. House of Cards. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. One heartbeat away from the presidency, not a single vote cast in my name. Democracy is so overrated. Let's start this new chapter with a clean slate. I know you'll do whatever you think is best. We think the congressional leadership took part. The vice president just assumed office. I can't have this conspiracy stuff going mainstream. The connections are troubling, especially Underwood. So this goes all the way to the White House. It might. I need you to delete all of our phone history. Do you want me to just walk away? Act as if I don't know anything? Tusk is in town. He's meeting with the president in 49 minutes. He's convincing the president to change his mind. You would be making a disastrous mistake. I feel like I'm losing control of my own goddamn administration. Hit him again and hit him now. He's a dangerous man. I want him obliterated. With um, the possible exception of this last season, I I forgot when Chad said what he did um, about the second season. I forgot that that happened that early on. We're on. We just what finished season five. Yeah. Yeah. Season five. five. Right. Wow. So I I thought the fifth season was a little bit shark jumpy, maybe. But up until then, with agreed with the. Uh, with the agreement with you, Chad, that seasons one and two um, were the pinnacle. Um, I didn't hate seasons three and four, but anyways, House of Cards is a fantastic show. It is. Yep, can't argue with that. And I, and I don't. I don't hate seasons three and four. I just think they're they just it's been going downhill ever since. Yeah, yeah. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> All right, uh, I went out of order, so my apologies, Chad. Tell us what is your favorite Netflix show of all time. My favorite season of television on Netflix so far, and this was a surprise for me when I put my list together because I didn't, I forgot how much I loved it, but it's season three of Orange is the New Black. I know a lot of people have have given up on that show, but season three is one of the most moving 
and hilarious seasons of television I've ever seen. At this point in the show, when you're three seasons in, uh, this show is very much like Lost in its structure, meaning that you get a lot of the story about these characters' situation, their current situation. It's a lot of plot. I'm in jail. Uh, I shouldn't be in jail. I'm trying to get out of jail. I'm a fish out of water. But then as the subsequent seasons begin to unfold, you begin to get flashbacks more consistently about everybody else and their backstories. And season three just culminates in one of my all-time, in history, all-time favorite finales of a show. And I don't want to ruin what that is, but it's a beautiful metaphor um, about freedom and life and being human and treated being treated as a human. It's just a wonderful, wonderful season. And the show for me in, in, in uh, seasons four and five uh, is not as strong. It kind of crescendoed there at that, at that uh, ending of that season. But overall, it's as good as it gets uh, for my money. So season three, Orange is the New Black. Wow, I definitely didn't expect that pick. I have not watched any Orange is the New Black. I may get to it one day, but I just haven't heard. That's the highest praise I've ever heard for it yeah so. yeah and then uh, that season's a lot stronger than see even seasons one and two which i like season three just really hit a sweet spot for me all right interesting so for me uh, this is my, my number one pick is the one that has been talked about it's not not as much of a deep cut but i don't think that many people have watched it yet necessarily uh and that is master of none me and uh this young lady were uh, yep there it is oh no no Please, I got it. My treat. We need you to do an accent. You mean like an Indian accent? You know, Ben Kingsley did an accent in Gandhi and he won the Oscar for it, so. But he didn't win the Oscar just for doing the accent. I mean, it wasn't an Oscar for best Indian accent. You see the social network? The Indian guy is a white guy. No, no, I read that he's 116th Indian. Who cares? If you go back far enough, we're all 116th something. I'm probably 116th black. You think they're going to let me play Blade? I adore that show. Uh, in my opinion, it's the greatest show that's on television right now, uh, without question. It is, it's beautiful and hilarious, and it's it's really, the season two especially, you know, if I was doing what Chad was doing, favorite seasons of television, uh, this is up there. This is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen in my whole life. It's it's so surprisingly well done and thought out and intentional, and it is it's beautiful. I can't I can't talk highly enough about this show. It's it's the best that's on television right now, in my opinion. All right, so we will dive into our honorable mentions. I'm sure we all have a yes. ton. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you. What are your picks? So none of us mentioned, and perhaps it's because it was a. Um, uh, it started at one other network and it j- jumps ship over to Netflix uh, last season. But that is Black Mirror. Um, yes. Black oh, yeah. Mirror is unbelievably great. And this last season wasn't maybe as strong as others, but it still was pretty strong. Uh, if you're looking for a depressing, really well thought out, almost like a Twilight Zone-esque show, this is for you. Uh, it's got a sci-fi slant. It's all about technology and our relationship with it. Black Mirror is really great. Season three is on uh, as, a, as a Netflix original now, taking it over from the BBC, um, and they're doing a pretty good job with it there. I was also going to mention a- Abstract on this list, and you know, thankfully uh, it was already mentioned. Uh, and then also I wanted to mention a couple of um, 
some kids shows. Uh, if you have kids, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not, but Netflix has some incredible original kids shows uh, that my kids absolutely adore. And because they adore them, I adore them. Um, and so How to Train Your Dragon, I think has like four seasons now. Um, it is a really well produced, really well done show. Um, and then also they are loving uh, a show that just came out. And this is actually a friend of mine mentioned this on the when I put it on Facebook, what their favorite shows are. The Magic School Bus uh, is back on uh, television through Netflix. Um, and that is also a very, very good show as well. And so, you know, it's amazing to me that one network, what has it been? Maybe five years, six years they've been putting out original yeah. content. And all of this has happened within that time. It is such a wide swath. Some of it's really bad, but most of it's <laughs> actually really great quality. I mean, I would say a good portion of this stuff uh, is really good. And if you look back what, what like what CBS has put out in the last five years or what any of the other networks have put out in the last five years, I don't think you'd find this kind of quality. So I'm just amazed at, at what all is available here. And um, I'm really, I'm grateful to, that, that Netflix is doing this because I think it's it's really unique and uh, people are, are connecting with shows that I didn't realize even existed, recommending it to one another. And we're already paying our 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks a month or whatever it is, depending upon what uh, plan you have. And hey, it's just more shows, more stuff, more options. It's pretty it's great. It's amazing what billions and billions of dollars can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Earmarked for content creation. Yeah. All right, Josh, on to you. What are your honorable mentions? Uh, so for my honorable mentions list, I was going to, I had a kind of theme for them. And these are the shows that, um, one of which Chris just mentioned, but shows that started elsewhere and are now um, Netflix shows. And so Black Mirror, definitely on that list. Um, also, no one has mentioned Arrested Development, which Ugh. season four Ugh. was an, oh, come on. So Wait bad. a second, Daniel. You were you were in the uh, crowd, and you put Master of None as your number one show. Out, get out. Dude, Master <laughs> of None is, is infinitely better than Arrested Development. You would love Master of None if you gave it a chance. I have given two episodes of it a chance. Yeah, you haven't given it a chance. And one of those episodes was decent, and one of them was awful. I think Josh so. just banished you, Daniel, yeah. just to out. wherever Josh banishes out. people. It's not even the close. Wa- the wasteland of Josh's mind and consciousness. <laughs> when when I banish people from my presence, they actually get happier, so you're welcome. <laughs> um, also, in my Wikipedia research for this segment, I found out that um, BBC America and Netflix have co-produced Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, so I will be watching that. And that's going to make next year's list, I'm sure. Nice. Uh, on my list of shame is abstract. I need to watch that. And I yes. know, I've known I yes. needed to watch it for a long yes. time. I just haven't you gotten do. around to it. But I have to. It's glorious, man. You'll enjoy it. It really so, is good. That's it, unless we're doing our biggest Netflix disappointments, which, which for you is everything Every, else. Everything. Just everything. <laughs> All right. So, Chad, what are your honorable mentions? 
I had four. Abstract was one of them. The other three that I have is another documentary series that to me feels like a close cousin to Abstract, although it's a different kind of thing, is Chef's Table. Yes. Uh, it is fantastically done from just a production standpoint, and it highlights different chefs around the world and their process of how they, some of the finest chefs in the world, and the process of how they came up with their uh, whatever the angle it is that they are known for. It's really excellent. Um, another one is Last Chance You. Heck yeah. Uh, we've talked about that a lot, Daniel. That's a, a show that highlights this uh, community college in Mississippi where people go to play football and get a second chance at getting back into a Division One school. And then another one is a comedy show that is very much, it's, it's in the vein of love as far as the uncomfortable comedy, except it's, it's 10 times more uncomfortable. Uh, and it's uh, it's Maria Bamford. It's a show called Lady Dynamite. I've mentioned it on the show before. <laughs> yeah, it's hysterically funny. She uh, suffered in real life from some pretty serious depression, and, uh, and the root of a lot of her comedy comes from that. And this is a, this is a narrative kind of show. It's not just purely sketch, and it's somewhat serialized. And if you can endure really uncomfortable comedy and awkward situations. It's brilliant and hilarious. So Lady Dynamite. Nobody talks about Lady Dynamite. I have not heard much about that show at all. It's interesting. I I heard her interviewed on NPR, I think, but I've liked her for a long time. So yeah, it's great. It's, it's not though. It's not mainstream. Like you can just jump in there and be like, Oh, this is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Although it's brilliant. It really is. Awesome. All right, and for me, my honorable mentions, definitely Last Chance You was very close to making it on the list. Uh, Season 2 wasn't quite as strong as the first season. Uh, That's the only reason it kind of bumped off, but it's still an amazing, amazing show. Definitely recommend that. Um, And then Black Mirror was the one that I changed in real time. That was initially on my top three and just bumped it off in favor of love. Not because love is better, but just because uh, it's it's less known than Black Mirror and, uh, mm-hmm. and all of it has been produced for Netflix. But Black Mirror is incredible. Can't wait for the next season this year. Uh, and then uh, Daredevil and Luke Cage, both incredible shows. I, I think that Marvel uh, Netflix shows are kind of going downhill quite a bit, but I still like those two shows. And can't forget House of Cards. I really love that show a lot. Great, great show. Uh, hey, before you go to social, I did forget when you said that one of my favorite shows, I cannot believe I forgot to mention it, is Iron Fist. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> the worst. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say I've really enjoyed this segment because uh, I'm actually going on a trip. I'm going to be on a flight for, I think, got a seven-hour flight, eight-hour flight ahead of me. So Time to download. Um, <laughs> I am downloading some of these shows. That's another great thing about Netflix is that you can take them with you. You can download them to your device and watch them on a plane. So I'm going to definitely do that with a few of these. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we did get some uh, people chiming in on social media. I'll read a few of our Twitter reactions here. Uh, We had our friend Tyler Howitt, my brother, host of the Next Trek podcast. He says, Stranger Things, House of Cards, and Love. All good picks there. Uh, And then we had KB, who said The Crown and Longmire. Nobody's mentioned Longmire. I've uh, I've heard good things about that. I've never watched it myself. And then my friend Tommy Barquinero says, Master of None. Love, Orange is the New Black, and then Bloodline as well, which is another one none of us mentioned. Uh, I'm surprised that Chad didn't mention that because I thought that was one of his favorite shows. I watched the first no, season. It's not, it's not one of my 
favorite shows. Ugh. It's just I I like the show. I like slow burn kind of stuff. But the third season is just a real disappointment. So there's it's a it's a no go. I, yeah. I tried so hard with that show. I watched like nine episodes and finally gave up. I just could not get into it. Yeah, Melody and I watched the first three seasons or sorry, the first two seasons, and I was just like, you know what? I'm done. This is not. Yeah, it just was not good. Chris, I know you got a lot of interaction on Facebook. Uh, what were some of the shows people were saying? Uh, one of the ones that I had never even heard of that several people mentioned, Adam McBroon mentioned, as well as Amanda Cross and some others, I think, uh, mentioned the show called The Ranch. Have you guys heard of The oh, Ranch? No, they didn't say that. <laughs> no. Ashton Kutcher? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Ashton yeah. Kutcher. So this is their favorite. This is oh. their, their some of their favorite stuff. This is apparently very popular. I had never heard of it. And apparently it is a 30-minute uh, like a sitcom. Guys, uh, watch. There's there's better things. I promise. <laughs> okay. I promise. Well, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, so I, I, it sounds I, like it's on the level of Fuller House. Oh, oh is it, it is. Okay. That's, that's an accurate comparison. Okay. All right. Well, we, I got some people saying Fuller House actually, um, but uh, was I that my got, wife? <laughs> no, no, she no. loves that. I, show. I actually, I issued a veiled threat when I shared the post on on my my feed. I said, I swear, if you say Fuller House, yes, and then I just left it at that. <laughs> uh, Beja mentioned Anne with an E, which is another great kids show uh, based on Anne of Green Gables. It's kind of the the revamp of that. And then also, I didn't realize this is a Netflix original. Maybe it's not. Maybe you guys can help me with this. But Peaky Blinders. Have you guys heard of that show? Yes, yeah, I thought it was I a BBC was show that yeah. Netflix bought. And then the one more that I'll mention that nobody else has mentioned is uh, Bill Johnson mentioned Terrace House. Is that a Netflix original? I've never heard of that. What, I haven't either. Um, so there it is. I don't know what that is, but I'll maybe I'll look at it. That's another one of my points, though. There's so much stuff on Netflix yeah. that's original that you may not have even heard of that I think Netflix needs to do a better job. I mean, this isn't a discussion we can have later, but of making these things more uh, visible yes, so that people no know doubt. what's really great and, and searchable. I just feel like right now, it's so hard to find stuff on Netflix and some of the stuff could just go, you know, be buried and no one would ever know. So anyway, I'm, I'm thankful to all the folks who uh, responded on, on my Facebook page. Let me know about some stuff and I will be downloading for, uh, for my trip. And Chad, what about our screeners Facebook page? Do we have anybody chiming in there? We did. So on our screeners uh, page, Britton Meathy said the first season of House of Cards and Stranger Things. Rachel Howitt, I'm not sure who that is, Ooh, but uh, <laughs> she uh, she said, I'm not super wild about Mindhunter so far. I think House of Cards would be my favorite. They stepped up the game for TV shows. And as far as least favorite, we didn't ask for least favorite, but I know that will make Josh happy, is <laughs> yes. the Gilmore Girls reboot and then garbage in all caps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I think she feels strongly about that. Then we had Eden Rabach. I, I, I think that's how you pronounce your last name. He's a regular contributor. He said, juggling a few... Mindhunter first two episodes, love it. Had read Douglas's book, so it was easy for me to like. Lore is fun, but not quite there, and I thought the first episode of Mr. Robot was very intriguing. Now, Lore and Mr. Robot are not Netflix originals. Right. Uh, at least in America. Is Eden, in America. Is Eden from outside America? I think... I'm, 
I'm going to say probably not. Um, so Eden, let us know. Let us know what you're, uh, where you're from and specifically what you may have on Netflix that we don't have here. And then we'll know what, uh, if that's in a, we obviously have Mr. Robot and lore, but over here, they're not Netflix originals. Uh, and then finally we had Tom Kentish who said Narcos, which I honestly, I'm a little surprised. None of us, oh, I haven't yeah. seen much of Narcos. I think the first couple of episodes about a year ago and it was pretty good. I just, I need to revisit it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Have any Same. of you seen Narcos? No, it's I one of those not. that's on my no. list that I really want to watch. I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah, yeah a, good, a good friend of mine was literally just talking about this two days ago. Uh, said it's one of his favorite shows. He, he's seen all of it and can't wait for whatever they do next. So Yeah, well, there uh, you yeah. go. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us this episode. It was a jam-packed episode, but we had a good time with it. Join us next week when we will be reviewing Only the Brave. We'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time. It'd have to be bef- record Monday or Tuesday. Is that uh, possible? I mean, like Sunday would be best case scenario. But Sunday's, uh, Sunday's good for me too. Um, so let's I don't see. know what's coming out though. We got Geostorm, which I am psyched for. Professor, it looks like the whole San Andreas fault line is being activated. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was, you had your finger on that one, Chad. I, I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> the entire episode, you know, you've been hovering. <laughs> hovering. Well, there's always a pretty good chance that he's going to bring up San Andreas, <laughs> so let's be real.